the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus left Gennesaret and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Then I came a Canaanite woman from that district and started shouting, Sir, son of David, take pity on me. My daughter is tormented by a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples went and pleaded with him. Give her what she wants, they said, because she is shouting after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman had come up and was kneeling at his feet. Lord, she said, help me. He replied, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the house dogs. She retorted, Ah, yes, sir, but even house dogs can eat the scraps that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, you have a great faith. Let your wish be granted. And from that moment, her daughter was well again. The Gospel of the Lord. Twentieth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Bit uh, of a mad one. Isn't it a bit of a mad one? How do you want to approach this one? <laughs> so, um, if we take it at face value, we see that someone pesters Jesus. Yeah. He gives in to it. Uh-huh. Uh, possibly partly because of the disciples going, uh, can you just get her off our case? And Jesus is a miracle worker. Woohoo. And yeah, that, that, that that's the absolute bare bones. Okay. So. But it's way deeper. It's way deeper. Yeah. This one, I have to say, when I first read it, I felt really ouchy about it. I was like, Jesus, this doesn't feel like you're. Your kind of approach doesn't feel so not like, is he having a bad day? What's going on? You know, um, but I will say, again, we have another Jesus withdrew. <laughs> is that like a, he disappeared off again? He's traveling again, but he's always like off, isn't he? <laughs> well, I think he's, there's a lot of drama coming around him. There's people yeah. who want him. There's people who want his attention and he purposefully isn't the celebrity. He's not the everyone come round and sit and be cosy and tell me how great I am and I'll do the performing monkey tricks that you want me to. He's, no, I'm doing this my way and I'm going to come away from that Mm -hmm. circus show. Yeah, I'm going to go and visit and do the things that I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the the actual story. So the actual story, out comes the Canaanite woman and she's shouting, Sir, son of David, take pity on me. My daughter is tormented by a devil. I mean, first of all, can I just say I'm loving the idea of shouting. <laughs> I just... Jesus! Seriously, yeah, it's just sometimes 
you need to shout. Not, and it's not for God to hear, it's not for Jesus to hear, but there's so much feeling in you that it's okay to need to shout and your if you, prayer. <laughs> if you look at the Old Testament, the amount of shout to the Lord, the mm-hmm. levels of pain and suffering and the prayers that go up throughout the Old Testament, even the new, are... <laughs> Well, there's the whole book of Lamentations. Mm. (laughs) It's not, we're not just sitting quietly in silence all the time. There's a depth of emotion that is okay and encouraged and take it all to God. People think prayer is just that. Let's sit around quietly and serenely, Mm -hmm. maybe say a rosary. And Mm -hmm. there we go. This is how we pray. No, Real real prayer is kind of done and dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why does Jesus say no? (laughs) Well, it's not even that he said no, but that he didn't say anything. He answered her not a word, first of all. And it was the disciples went and pleaded with him, give her what she wants, because she's shouting after us. So why didn't he answer? Okay, I read a sneaky reflection on this today. Oh, did you? I know this is meant to be like our first thoughts, but it's late in the week, so I I was reading. What did you read? It was from the Pope, and he said that oh, when... Oh, I just go to the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't approach him directly. No, I read but, a reflection. But it's like, oh, well, I, I heard this in passing on a website reflection lead up to... no. Yeah, no, no regular normal priest or anyone, just, <laughs> just the Pope. So okay. he said in a reflection that he'd written on this gospel that when we feel like there's silence to our prayers, it's like a test of our faith. It's strengthening us. It's strengthening our resolve to keep asking, keep shouting, keep going and I've, I've read books on that there's okay. a, there's a lot of christian books on uh why do you go through these periods in your life where god feels separate from you yeah generally referred to as the desert in yeah. terms of faith or centuries of avila dark night of the soul that was hers wasn't it like yeah. just a period of absence that you just you don't have that emotional feeling of mm-hmm. god being close to you yeah so she calls out anyway. Yeah. And she keeps going. Yeah. And so there is a lesson in perseverance for us there in that possibly God still hears us. But I think the dangerous kind of bit here is so is God not going to answer my prayers? Like do I need to pray more? You can get in a mm, real mess with mm-hmm. the nature of prayer and how it works here. Okay. I wouldn't go and read too much into that. Um, I think overall, the message of the story is Jesus was coming to accomplish a particular mission. He was almost required through prophecy and kind of salvation narrative history to go to the Jews and give them the opportunity of that first. They were God's chosen people and he was required to do that. Um, We then see 
at the temple tearing, I think I've mentioned that one mm. here before, of how God is then open to all people. Yeah. We have Paul's writings as well that then do that. There is neither Jew nor Greek, all of that yeah. kind of end of circumcision is a sign of the two covenants. Everything that comes with that is still actually at this point in time when Jesus is talking yet to come. Right, okay. So the reason that he said no to this woman at this time is actually not for the deep spiritual meaning of the dark night of the soul. Right, right, right. It's actually just a little bit more practical. Oh, okay. That actually makes me feel considerably better about it. No, that's good. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I would read it mm. because... The reason that he says no, because he's been healing people, he's been doing miracles all over the place. Yeah. But he says no because she's a Canaanite. Yeah. Um, not because she's a woman, although the fact that she's both is kind of significant, again, in the fact that Jesus still does lay down an example at that point in time, in that point in history, in that culture of listening to the annoying foreign woman. And another bit of the reflection I read, which I think was from somebody different, not not the Pope oh, this you, time. You came across, or you have done pre-study. So, <laughs> in, in the office today, I was reading, there's a, there's a magazine that we get which has the week's bidding prayers, a suggestion of the week's bidding prayers, and some suggestions like homily notes. It's a magazine for priests, and it has a suggestion of homily notes and reflections and stuff. And one of the things that they said was, um, so I, I'm claiming this statement, I don't know that this is 100%, but I'm sure it is because it's in here, that this is the only time in the Gospels that somebody is complimented by Jesus for having great faith. This is the only time. Oh, yeah, like all the other times you hear Jesus talking about faith. Have greater faith. Faith as small as a mustard seed. Ye of little faith, poor old Peter. Yeah, and this one is, woman, you mm -hmm. have great faith. What about the woman who reached out and touched mm. his cloak? What did, he, what did he say to her? Faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. So this is a massive compliment, right? Yeah. I think her quick thinking is impressive as well. There's yeah, not many people yeah, who yeah. would respond to Jesus in that way. But you know what the other thing that speaks to that for is, for me, as a mother, she wasn't asking for herself. She was asking for her daughter. And I tell you what, when I am asking for something for one of my kids or like fighting for one of my kids for something or something's happened, I can be a whole lot quicker thinking than I can for myself that is 100 percent true like i'm i'm a i'm i can do that i can woman advocate on a yeah woman on a mission a, a mother's need to get this thing for her kid it, no jesus you saying no is not like no we are gonna keep going on this one and i'm gonna throw in here if you are a parent if you are a godparent if you are a brother sister mother child, daughter, praying for your loved ones and fighting for them, that is, that's a whole thing. The prayers of you for those people. I think sometimes we forget that. And yeah. Yeah. That, that, it makes ma a difference. that, that matters. Yeah. 
I think even it's one of those weird things when you talk about prayer because a lot of people have very different interpretations of how prayer goes for them and what experiences they've sure. had and and I always like the answer of prayer doesn't change God God is unchanging God yeah. prayer changes prayer changes us yeah prayer makes us more in line with God mm-hmm. and when we pray for other people it's hard to be angry at that person that you've been praying for yeah you've been sitting there praying all day I want to, you know, change this person, help this person, whatever, the most annoying person. Mm. And you've been praying for them. It's hard to then go and hate them when you've been praying for them. So, yeah. little shout out for not just power of prayer, but also in particular power of prayer for those people close to you. Or... I heard that on a podcast about, I, I, I don't remember which one, is a Catholic podcast. They were talking about confession. It was a priest talking about confession and how he'd given that penance to someone. Go pray for, go pray for the person right. that you're struggling with. But I think also that he was going to spend the next thirty days praying for that person that that other that their penitent was having. Like, and you yeah. just think it's mad, isn't it? The, these prayers for other people do matter. I heard something very similar. I think yesterday. Oh, maybe we were listening. It's the same podcast. I don't think so. It was so. ages ago that I heard that. Um, I think it might have been a Catholic Answers. And he said, basically, he, he went and it was his first time to confession in like years, literally years. And he kind of goes, look, is it, I know it's been a long time. Um, and he poured his soul out kind oh. of things. I've, I've done all of these things. And he's sitting there waiting. He knows, you know, he he's a Catholic. It's just been a long time. He's waiting for the penance to come. And the priest goes, your penance is one Hail Mary. Wow. And he's like, what? Well, uh, did you uh, hear d- d- all d- of d- the above? D- d- I don't think you quite understand. One Hail Mary, that does not make up for what I've done. Yeah. And no. You're going to do the one Hail Mary. That's all I'm asking and you to do. And then the priest is going to do the and rest. And the priest said, and I will be fasting for you for the next 30 okay, days. Okay, where did you... Because I also listened to this. Was It, it must have been a Catholic Answers thing. Must have. So I then looked it up. Like, is it obligatory for the priest <laughs> to do penance right. for his parishioners? I couldn't find but a you definite said pray answer. not fast. So that's why I thought uh, it was different. No, no, it, it was different. So the thing I... The story I told was actually ages ago that I heard that. But the one that you just told, I also heard... Uh, I think on Tuesday because I'm sure I looked it up whilst I was in the office. Oh, okay. I couldn't find a complete answer. Right, sorry. Of whether or not a priest does more penance, I should ask. I have a priest I see every day at the work. <laughs> but I'm the, the ask. idea was the priest was kind of joining in and yeah, yeah. Uh, walking with the person, and actually the person felt much more like I guess supported and along with and okay, like, I am going to be forgiven of all my th- sins because the priest is doing it for me. Like, almost yeah. the priest offering felt like it was worth more, I think, to the individual. That's so amazing. Was. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, those little examples are yeah, mad. I love so, it. So, the woman then is complimented for the faith. I, I can only think of the man on the cross was the other one. What did Jesus say? Um, he didn't quite say faith. Your faith today, has saved you. 
isn't it? You'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. Today you'll be with me. Um, he does say to... Well, Peter, Caesarea Philippi, confession is not quite faith that saves you, but this has been revealed to you by my father. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think shows a level of... Is that faith or is that just... Under, I don't know. Is that a gift? I think it's the only mm-hmm. compliment. Based on faith. Based on... Or the only compliment at all. Yeah. Because Peter could have been compliment, but then ruined it last week, didn't Poor he? Poor Peter. So. Yeah. Right. There we go. Nice. So, go have strong faith. And pray and shout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think sometimes we can see the troubles. Mm-hmm of life as being contrary to faith and I quite like that about this one and I think this happens a lot in the world today when we have troubles people are looking for any solution and actually a lot of the time that people will go away from the church and come back to the church it's in the times when they're looking for that help that meaning that understanding that isn't out there that they're getting from anywhere else. They've tried all the new medicine, whatever. They've tried all the crystals. They've tried everything. None of it works. And they're like, okay, I'm, I'm so desperate. I'll go back to the church. Yeah. And I think there's, I don't know, a little bit of beauty about that in a way of God's still there, even if he's your last resort. Yeah. He he hasn't left you. He's not kind of gone, oh, well, now you come around. Okay, then. Well, uh, tough. No, he still saves. Even when you don't deserve it, even when you're not one of the chosen, even when you're inappropriate in the way that you do it, God's love for us is greater than all of that. Yeah. Get on your knees and shout. <laughs> she was on her knees and shouting. Yeah. But loving. Yeah. I think actually the la- so last week the the phrase was Lord save me, and this week the phrase is Lord help me. They're great little prayers, aren't they? In terms of prayer, like it can be just that simple. I kind of like that. And God wants to. Yeah. I think that's the... (laughs) I think that's the weird or wonderful thing of it, that we believe in a God who wants to be there for us through the difficulty, through the worst times in our life. To Mm. still answer those prayers and that prayer is enough. That single turning back to God. I think last week I said that, didn't I? Yeah. Of all you need to do is take that one step back. Mm -hmm. Save me, help me. And God is there. I I think what's difficult about it is 
And I know that you said don't read too much into when Jesus doesn't answer. But I think when we're talking about prayer, though. You do need to address that. I do think that is a tricky aspect where, you know, as you're saying that prayer is about changing us as opposed to petitioning God to change his will. That there is, you know, faith is a tricky thing to consistently hold on to, I think especially when things are rough. And that's where the church is so good at providing here's the things to do on a on a weekly basis that's going to help sustain you because this is challenging. This, this is hard. This is really hard to, well, when, when whatever's happening is happening... You want a quick fix, or you need help, or you need to be saved, or you need help, whatever it is. It can be tempting to turn to things that might be not of faith, right? Where you just go, I want a quick fix. I want, but I, I want think, a solution to this problem right now. And that can be the difference between actual faith and trying to treat God like a waiter. Yeah, totally. Come, I want this now. And if you just get it, then you're going to be... Just dishing out your orders. Yeah. Your wishes, as Jesus says. That's not not actual faith, and that's not a right way. Mm. Um, You often hear of people say, well, why should we love God? Why should we live in a certain way? Yeah. And the answer I generally give is we don't love God or respect God or try to have faith in God in this way because we have to we do it because it's the appropriate response to yeah I don't treat you as my wife well or I can't just go and treat you badly once we're married Mm -hmm. because well you're married now well that's it okay well I got baptized I got confirmed 30 years ago so that's it. I've done my job. Yeah. Well, no, actually, that's not the relationship appropriate behavior. You don't just start treating someone badly within the relationship because you're now married. Yeah. You don't treat God badly or as a servant. You. You still... Yeah. I'm a Christian now, therefore I'm done with any of the hard work that goes into having faith, essentially. And I'm not fussed. I can just say, yeah. So when I was preparing the children's church sheet today, the thing that kept coming through to me whilst I was doing it, like the the thoughts that kept coming to me were about almost training your faith, that this is not something that you just ignore, like you were just saying, this is something that you need to say... Okay, I'm, I, I want to, to have great in. faith. I want Jesus to go, you have great faith, well done. You're always looking for a gold sticker, I'm aren't you? I'm always looking for a gold sticker. Yeah, but but that you don't get to have a gold You don't get to have great faith without putting some effort in it. Like it, is, it requires you to have done some stuff, to step, out, stuff, the to step out of the, the boat or to kneel down at the Lord's feet and say, help me or whatever. But, because very easily she could have called out, and Jesus answers, or, or sorry, Jesus doesn't answer, and she goes, "Well, that's it, I'm done," and off she goes. Yeah. 
but the faith is there mm-hmm. from Jesus saying no. Yeah. Not from Jesus saying yes. Yeah. And I, th- I don't want to say you have to prove yourself, but in a way, yeah, you're kind of sure. I don't think it's proving yourself. I think it's just training. Like, you want to have great faith, have great faith. And to do that, you've got to do the things. You've got to put in the work. You need to pray every day. You need to go to Mass at least once a week. You need to, um, you, you know, like, do the things. Be nice to people. Like, put love first. Those things matter. The way you treat people around you is That's, even part of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that can change the way you view your relationship with God. Yeah. I always... Uh, do you mind me telling the school reference one? Right. Uh, I, I love kind of using things like the sheep and the goats and that and school and kind of saying, look... With all of this stuff, with, you know, working out salvation, with being a good Christian, and a, we know Catholic guilt is a whole thing, mm-hmm. and I, I very much try not to be a uh, cog in the wheel of Catholic guilt, but I kind of go, look, in school, you bring in food for food banks, you provide here for this, you, you know, we raise money for homeless people here. We have this here, this here, this here. You, the amount of charity stuff we have going on in the school, it feels like there's a different thing every week. And then kind of saying to him, look, you have fed the hungry. You have given to the thirst. You have clothed the naked. You have, you have done. We as a school, as a Catholic school, we help you do all of these things. Maybe not directly, but you're doing them. You're in training to be a good Catholic. And then, kind of go, the tough thing for you is to keep your faith going after you leave school because no one's going to help you do that. Yeah. But it's that seeing, and they never look at it. They're waiting for me to say, you're a horrible Christian because you haven't taken a homeless man home and fed him today. Yeah. And when I go, no, you remember that stuff that you brought in a few weeks ago and that went to... The food bank and helped people. That counts. You fed the hungry. Yeah. And seeing some of those bigger connections, if it's only that you're able to get a couple of cans and put it in that donation at the checkout, that is really something meaningful. Yeah. And the, the widow's offering, the two pennies are worth more. That is an element of your faith. And if it can't be money, it can be possibly time. It can be prayer. Yeah. It can be praying for other loved ones. These are all real expressions of your faith on a day-by-day basis that you can give and you can do. Yeah. You love the practical, don't you? I do. I do really like a practical thing. Yeah. I think especially when you're talking about something which is, which is essentially abstract, the idea of having faith is is tricky to you know have concrete like description of how does one have a great faith well without practical like you need to have the practical element so yes do the practical stuff the day-to-day they are expressions of your faith they are expressions of your faith and they sustain your faith i think it's both and expressions of and 
sustain your faith and grow your faith and have great faith at the same time as feel free to scream and shout and shout lord help me this week because well you see it every time if you watch the children in need and things like that yeah you have the people always say when i went and helped they give me more than i could ever give them the your act of service is doesn't go without reward if we put it that way yeah and we don't do it for the reward, but stepping out in faith can be really scary, but it, it it's worth it, I think is what we're trying to say. Yeah. And then it does help self-perpetuate, it helps grow it when you see the work that God does through what you do in your little bit of faith, um, that grows. Yeah. So don't be afraid to go out and do something, to volunteer within your church, to say a prayer for someone who you think needs it. Yeah. You don't have to shout your prayer out. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't actually do that during Mass. (laughs) (laughs) Or kneel down before the person and say, I'm praying for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, no. Light a candle. Do, do it the Catholic way. Yeah, like yeah, do it the Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> shout in a Catholic way. <laughs> Good. Are we done.